Wednesday nights for a year and a half, two years, we've been doing a thing called Real Life, just talking about things that are just real, I mean, life. And what does the Bible say about these things? And for a number of weeks, I've been talking about having an intimate relationship with God and how important that is. And tonight, I want to um, kind of cap that part off, and then we're going to head into some other things in the weeks to come. But you need to know that I, I think the number one most important thing that you need to have in your life, do you, do you hear me? The number one most important thing you need to have in your life is cable TV. <laughs> do I have your attention now? Okay. Because some of y'all are like, hmm, you know. Number one most important thing you need to have in your life, seriously, is a, is a relationship a close relationship with your heavenly father. Seriously, that's the most important thing you can have in your life. And out of that relationship, and, and here's what we're after all the rest of the day, you know, here's what, and it's all found in this relationship with God. This relationship meets all needs, heals all hurts, and fills all emptiness. And see, we're we're trying to meet our needs, we're trying to, do something about our hurts and trying to fill this thing that's in, inside of us that's missing. And I'm telling you that all of that is found in a, in a relationship with your heavenly Father and to fellowship with Him. Not just, yeah, God's my Father, you know. No, but I mean really to fellowship with Him. First uh, John, first chapter actually kind of reveals that it's fellowship that brings joy to the relationship. Fellowship brings joy to the relationship. And so in this relationship with God, get this now, meets all needs, heals all hurts, fills all emptiness, and it's the most important thing that you can have in your life. Are you with me so far tonight? Now, I want to talk to you about what interferes with that. What are the the problems with that? And I think the number one problem concerning us, you as an individual, having that kind of relationship with your Heavenly Father is this busyness busyness. And we're going to delve into some things tonight. Hopefully that this will uh, set you in the right direction concerning this. Um, Let me emphasize again how important this is, this relationship with the Father, because this is the whole story, folks. This is the whole story. Because that's what was lost. Go back to the garden. That's what was lost. And that's what Jesus came and found. That's what was broken. And that's what Jesus came and restored. What am I talking about? That's the gospel. That's the whole story. That we were in communion with the Heavenly Father. And because of sin and stupidity and all the, all the fallout that came with that, then we're separated from God. And that's what Jesus Christ came so that we could be restored to that. When did our needs, our hurts, and our emptiness start once that got broken? And I tell you, I I, I watch lives and I've been in ministry a a long time now. And I see that it's almost, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, There's there's a a ratio that is almost predictable of needs and hurts and emptiness based on a person who is not having an active relationship with your Heavenly Father. So let's look at this and let's deal with busyness a little bit. How many of you know what busyness is? Okay, about seven of you. Okay, good. What happens with busyness is we get, 
we get going, we feel, we feel pressure, and we have a hard time separating the urgent from the important. And so it kind of gets blurred. And you need to understand that while it is the most important thing in your life to have a relationship with your Heavenly Father through Jesus Christ and the help of the Holy Spirit, that's the most important thing. Let me tell you what it won't always feel like. It won't always feel urgent. But guess what? Other things are going to feel urgent. You're going to have other things. They just feel urgent and it just kind of, it kind of blurs it all. And so you're feeling uh, that you can't separate between what is urgent and what is important. So what we've got to do is make God and make his word a priority, a priority. Everybody say priority. Now watch this. That's an I. Okay. Priority. And really, what does this mean? Let's go to the root of it here. Prior. What does prior mean? Before. Before. This means that you put God and his word before anything else. And that's before, I think, in importance. I also think it's before in any expense of energy. I think also it's in chronologically in your day, this is my opinion, that he needs to be before, your time with him needs to be before anything else in the day. If you're with me, give me, bob your head, do something. Okay, I got to make sure that you're here. Okay. We looked at this a little bit last week that the number one enemy to this relationship, this intimacy with God is, is busyness. The second enemy, does anybody remember what the second enemy is? Sloth sloth that we just we're just lazy because there's some people that are busy and there's other people that are not okay and either one can end up then you know with a, a different set of priorities and and destroy intimacy relationships and this is all relationships they're going to require time and energy say that with me time and energy husband and wife two friends uh you know, whatever relationship is going to involve time and energy. It has to be maintained. Does it not seem like there's a conspiracy against time and energy? You know, those are the things we need. And it feels like there's, there's something always after our time, something always after our energy. And here's what we tend to do. When we get busy or when we get tired or both, we tend to economize or cut back relationally it's in our relationships then those that's where it pays or or costs us rather that's where it costs us we'll say yes to every other thing and every other person and then we tell our our spouse we tell our kids we tell our I'm, i'm too tired i don't have i don't have time so there's this conspiracy almost i think it's i think it's spiritual i think it's evil that is against our time and against our energy ultimately to destroy our relationships and then ultimately beyond that is to hinder that relationship with our Heavenly Father. I'll probably say this before we finish today too, but if you say, I don't have time, I don't have time to make God and His Word a priority, well, first of all, you would never utter that out loud. Because as you heard yourself saying it, I, you know, 
God bless him. <laughs> but I just, you know, and I love him. But I just don't have the time and energy. Well, let's say that you would never articulate, you'd never speak that, and I would encourage you don't. <laughs> or maybe you should so you can hear how dumb that is, okay? Okay. Uh, this is what I would challenge you to do, though, if that is the way you've been thinking, is go ahead and give him time and look at me. Watch what he'll do. Watch what he'll do with the rest. Watch how he'll help you with it. I just, my more, it's just, no, go ahead and give it. And watch what, watch what God would do. Because I believe anything that you trust God with, he's going to change it. He's going to make, he's going to make something awesome out of it. Let's look in uh, Luke chapter 10, probably the classic uh, passage in Scripture regarding busyness, because that's the enemy we want to deal with tonight. And uh, there's two sisters. You remember them? Mary Martha. And uh, let's pick up here in Luke chapter 10, verse 38. Now, it happened that as they went that he, capital H, Jesus, entered a certain village and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And they already know each other, they're friends and so forth. And she had a sister called Mary who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha, everybody say, but Martha, Martha. was distracted with much serving and she approached him, Jesus, and said, Lord, Do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried about many things, worried and troubled about many things. But one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken away from her. Let's look at verse 40, and I want to read verse 40 in in the Amplified Bible. But Martha, overly occupied and too busy... You ever been there? Overly occupied and too busy, was distracted with much serving. And she came up to him and said, now listen to this. Now I'm not going to impersonate it. You know, but Lord, is it nothing to you that my sister has left me to serve alone? I want you to hear the tone on this. Lord, is it nothing to you that my sister has left me alone to serve? Tell her then to help me. To lend a hand and do her part along with me. Here's what happens when you get overly occupied, too busy and distracted. You get bossy with Jesus. How many know that Martha technically has lost her mind? Okay. She's just lost, you know, she's like, Lord. And let me just say, Martha's just lucky right there. Okay. You, when you get distracted, when you get overly busy, when you, when you get all that pressure going on, you kind of lose track of things. You lose track of even what you're doing. And I, and I would say this, that Martha started out really right. I mean, come on, dinner for Jesus. She's wanting to honor him. She's wanting to have, you know, small group with Jesus. And... She started out on the right track, but then the busyness got in, the pressure that gets in, and then she just, she just kind of loses it here, getting distracted. And let's look in verse 41 and 42. 
Again, and Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, watch this carefully. Martha, Martha, you were worried and troubled about many things. Has that been you before? Come on. But one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken away from her. So Jesus is saying, and let, let me read this like I wrote this here. Jesus is saying, Martha, what you think you need is in all these other things. But you're wrong. Listen to this. The need you are trying to fill, you cannot fill with what you're doing. What you need is what I'm doing. Now think about that. When we miss time with God or just blur through it, we are trying to fill a need in our life. And we think that we can fill the needs in our life with some other things, with what we're doing And Jesus is saying, that's wrong. The needs in your life are going to be met by what he's doing. So we've got to connect with him. Now, we'll we'll fill this out a little bit more as we go here. He said this, Mary has chosen the good part. Everybody say the good part. Uh, Literally here, in the Greek, it, it pulls it out. She has chosen the better part. Say better. The better part. So... Jesus was not saying, I don't appreciate the meal. I don't appreciate... He was not saying, I don't appreciate all the effort that you're going to and that you're honoring me and you're doing this and mm -mm, it smells good. Okay? He, He didn't have any problem with that. He's saying, you know, all of that is very important. That's real important and and appreciated. But here's what he said real clear if you look at it. He said, but what Mary's doing and what Mary has chosen is is better it's better so this is what we have to distinguish between what is important and what is better and we've always got to go for the better the new century version says this uh the end of verse 42 says which will not be taken away from her the new century version says this it will never be taken away it will never be taken away I believe this. Look at me. I I believe that there's something gained by our intimate time with God that can never be taken away. Now, I might check off a few things on my to-do list and get an early start on some things, and they're done. But guess what? You're going to have to do them again. And I think there's some things that can be gained with your time with God, and I believe it's all my heart that can never be taken away. It can never be taken away. Go with me, if you will, just kind of think this out. Okay, that's day one. Let's just go to day two. It's not in Scripture, but I'll, let's, let's play. Okay, anybody in? So on day two, here's Martha. She's still got an attitude. And Martha says, well, yesterday I cooked and I cleaned and I baked and I cleaned up the kitchen and I did all this for Jesus. And Mary, day two, says, well, I sat down at Jesus' feet and I heard from Jesus. Now follow this. And now we could insert ourselves into this and say, Martha, what did you gain? What did you gain yesterday? Well, I made a really incredible casserole. And everybody seemed to like it. 
and everybody was well fed. And you could go through that. And that's all good. That's all good. We're not taken away from that. But here's what Mary would say if we asked Mary. Mary, what did you gain? Here's what Mary would say. I gained something that cannot be taken away. See, this is what happens. You, there's all kinds of good, good stuff. Everybody say good stuff. There's all kinds of good stuff. Doesn't it feel good just when you accomplish something? You know, I mean, you, you finish a little project. It feels good, don't it? And I think you should. I think you should be uh, industrious. I think you should be uh, disciplined. I think you should uh, conquer things and have projects and, and, and dive into the difficult even. And that's all good. And there's a reward to that. And that's good. And it's needful. But there's something that you can't get anywhere else and you only can get it from God and here's the thing and it can't be taken away from you. What are some of the things that get taken away from you every day? Peace? Come on, don't get shy on me now. Y'all are like turtles. You just went all back into your, into your shell. How many of you been kind of happy? Okay, here we go into the day. And then something happens to take your peace. What about joy? What about your mind? You know? I mean, there's so many things with this, honestly. And I think that there's a level of peace. I experience this. I don't have this perfect, but I'll tell you what, it's important to me. It's a priority to me. I need that peace. I need that joy. I need wisdom for today. I, I need this confident assurance today. Well, that doesn't come just because I slept good. That doesn't come just because I got up when the alarm said so. It comes from His presence. It comes from His presence. Time alone with God. Now, here's the bummer. Not all of you can do that. You have to have graduate degree and have been, have been in ministry for several decades. The rest of you tough. You know I'm lying to you, right? Who can come? Anybody. Anybody. And you can gain something out of the presence of the Lord that cannot be taken away. Go back to uh, Martha Mary's. Urgent was in the kitchen. Important was in the living room. Urgent was in the kitchen. Important was in the living room. This, I, I want you to see this out of, out of this passage. Mary chose what was needed. Remember Jesus said that? She chose what was needed, what was better, and what cannot be taken away. Amen. Needed, better, and can't be taken away. Your time alone with God is going to produce for you what was needed, what is better, and what cannot be taken away. Everybody say, needed, needed. Better, better, can't be taken away. Let's do that one more time. Be- uh, needed, needed, better, can't be taken away. Where can you get that? In the living room. You know what I'm saying? Not in the kitchen. I like the kitchen. Okay. But... Follow along what, what we're, we're trying to do here. I think that there's so many things that we accomplish and attempt through busyness that the result of those things can be taken away. 
But there's something needed, something better, and something that can't be taken away from time spent with God. So the greatest investment you can make in the day, let's, let's stop and let's think about, think about this. I can be busy. I can attempt a lot of things. I can do a lot of things, accomplish a lot of things. And I can also, I can and or spend quality time with God and get what is needed, what is better, and what can't be taken away. So you help me now to prioritize my time for the day. What should be the priority of my day as far as time spent? With God. Now, let's be real. You can't do that all day. Okay? And, and can I tell you, too, I've known some people, met some people over the years that claim to do this all-day thing with Jesus, and they scare me. <laughs> They're like a little detached. Okay, you, you need to come out of your prayer closet some, okay? You need to mingle with the people. Are, are you all with me? Okay, I, first of all, I don't believe them. Now, I know that he's always with us. He never leaves us, never forsakes us. But people that try to project on him always, yeah, right. I saw you in the Walmart parking lot. I saw you. When the buggy ran into your car, I saw you. Okay. Or the cart, excuse me, depending on where you're from. So the greatest investment of time, the greatest investment of time is going to be time spent developing that relationship with our Heavenly Father. It's first things first. Here's the biggest hint in the Bible on how to make your life work. Matthew 6, Let's look at it real quick. It says, But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Seek what? Seek what? First. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. I think this is the biggest hint, if I can say that, in all of Scripture that's going to help your life to work. So our solution is we've got to reprioritize everything in our life about, around putting God first. How many of you have ever heard me talk about this before? You know why? Because this is so absolutely important. And, and can I tell you that a lot of the problems that you're having in your life is because if you don't put first things first, then everything else is out of order. If you don't put first things first, everything else is out of order. And so we have to prioritize and put this first in our life. And this is what's going to make life work for us. We're never going to get everything done anyway. I mean, we, we try to make this case. I have so much to do. I, I'm telling you, I'm pretty, I'm pretty disciplined. I'm pretty diligent and all that. And I never get everything done. I never get everything done. I don't. And people who get everything done, I just don't think you have enough to do. <laughs> so I'm not going to get it all done anyway. Why don't I prioritize and at least connect with the thing that is needed, is better, and can't be taken away? If you're with me so far, say amen. amen. All right, I've got a revolutionary new idea. I think mornings are best. 
I think mornings are best. Now, whatever works for you, do it. But I'm telling you, it's dumb if it ain't mornings. I'm just... Well, I work the night shift or whatever. Yeah, well, but you have a time where you wake up and you start, you start your day. And whenever you do get up, you're going to do something first. And I promise you in your life, you're going to seek something first. Do you know that can be tracked, what you're seeking first, what you're putting first in your life? Well, you can look in your calendar. We can look in your checkbook. We can look at all those things. You're not going to. The government is, but, but we're, we're not going to. Or so they say. Um, but you can tell. You can track in your life. How do you spend your time? How do you spend your money? What do you think about? That's what you're seeking first. And, and the way to help you to put God first in your life which that's how you're going to make the rest of your day and the rest of your life to work is you're going to have to put God first. Well, I think this, before you get busy, before you get distracted, before you do all those other things, why don't you spend some time with God? Now, here's, here's where a lot of people end up with a little problem with this because it's been portrayed to them wrong. I don't think that you've got to get up and spend three hours on your face before God. Pastor, have you ever done that? I have, but rare times. But I, I think you can spend, and it will grow. Yes. It will grow. You know, just like if we're saying um, you're going to start running or you're going to start lifting weights, I think that after three years of doing that, you probably should be running longer than your driveway. And two and a half pounds. Okay? It, it should grow. Are you all with me? It should, it should be growing. Um, and you do have life and you, and you have all of those things. And you can't wake up at 1.30 in the morning and, and go to work at 6 or 7 or whatever. You, you know, I've got to spend all this time. With you. You're going to have seasons where you're going to spend more time with God. But I think every day, though, you need to have a manageable amount of time every day. Did you know that Martin Luther, the great reformist, he actually said this and wrote this on several occasions. I have so much to do tomorrow. I shall arise an extra hour or two early to pray. So what he did, knowing he had a heavier load, he built a better foundation for the day. So you've got to, you've got to put God first. But what has been portrayed sometimes is that You've got to pray for hours and read for hours. And, and you're like, I can't, I can't do it. I can't do it. And how many of you sometimes uh, have problems with your attention span? Hey, ask me. I, I talk to you all the time. I see someone else. But even that, and you know what? You can get better and better at this. You can do it. Everybody say, I can do it. it. You can do it. And and like we talked about in recent weeks, show up and give God your heart and just tell him. And if this is brand new for you, just tell him, God, I'm not real good at this. But I sure need this. Help me to grow in this. And he'll meet you there and he'll help you with that. And you keep showing up. You keep showing up. You keep showing up with an honest heart. God, I want to grow in this. 
Pastor, I showed up four mornings in a row and I fell back asleep. Show up morning five. Show up morning five and pinch yourself the whole time, you know? Do, do what you've got to take. And, and, and really, God didn't want you tortured before Him. This will learn, this honestly will become so wonderful. This morning, I got up early. I get up early every morning. And I'm not going to tell you why, because I'm not trying, or, or what time I'm not going to go into all that, because I don't want to, whatever. But when I got up this morning, and I was very aware of this, my body did not want to get up. Have you ever had that? It's like my body did not want to get up. And I justified in my mind, and I thought, you know, it's a good while before the kids need up. It's a good while before the critters are going to make noises. And my body was trying to work a deal. Right? Is you, y'all, y'all? My body's trying to work some kind of deal here. And you know what? My spirit man, I can honestly tell you, I was so aware of this. My spirit man threw the covers off. Because who runs you? Your body? Because if you let your body run you, you're going to be having Big Macs delivered to your house. You know, you're... <laughs> baths and ice cream, you know, just let, letting your body run you. If you let your body run you, you're going to be in trouble. You are a spirit. You have a soul. You live in a body. And that spirit man on the inside woke up this morning fresh because he's renewed every day. And my spirit man was saying, no, we're gone. You sorry piece of flesh, we're gone. You know what? And and I'm telling you, you get going, your body gets used to, I know, we're going, all right. And it'll go with you. And it'll thank you later, amen? Mornings are best. I said this earlier, if you feel like you have no time, put God to the test. Put Him first and see what He will do. You'll always have more to do than you can do. But putting Him first will help you to reprioritize and you're going to find what is needed and what is better and what cannot be taken away. Let's look in 2 Peter and then we're going to close with this. Let me add this real quick. If you keep putting wrong things first, you're going to live frustrated. You keep putting wrong things first, you're going to live frustrated. You put him first, you're going to find what is needed, what is better, and what can't be taken away. 2 Peter 1, verse 2 and 3 First of all, in the New Living Translation, it says, May God give you, say that's me, may God give you more and more grace and peace as you grow in your knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Are you going to grow if you, in your knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord if you don't put anything into it? No, no. Let's keep reading. By His divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We have received all this by coming to know Him, the one who called us to Himself by means of His marvelous glory and excellence. Listen to it in the message, and we'll close with this. Grace and peace to you many times over as you deepen in your experience with God and Jesus our Master. I've got to read that again. Grace and peace to you many times over as you deepen in your experience with God and Jesus our Master. 
Everything that goes into a life of pleasing God has been miraculously given to us by getting to know personally and intimately the one who invited us to God, the best invitation we ever received. Isn't that awesome? Now it's on you. I told you, and so now you know. Now it's on you. And I know that this is Wednesday and not Sunday, but I dare you. I dare you. Crank your clock back an extra 15, 20 minutes. Start there. Just start there. And show up in the morning and greet God. And thank Him for getting you through the night. Read a proverb. Read a couple of verses out of the Gospels and watch Jesus. Jesus is the coolest guy ever to walk on this planet. And just watch Him. Just watch Him. And then... And then thank God that today I won't be alone and I won't be without help. And here we go, God. Thank you that you're with me and you'll help me. Just start out with that. Just start out with that. And then ask him, God, help me to show up again tomorrow. Because it's one thing to get all the stuff and, and be there one day, two days, and then never show up again. How many of you have things you've bought for hobbies before stacked up in your garage okay you know i'm a scuba diver i'm a tennis player i'm a this you know and you do it for three days you know and you got all the stuff no no we're believers we're believers and this is a big part of what we need to make part of our day you will you will never ever regret this never never it's never a waste i've been doing this for decades and there's never a morning i got man i'm sorry i got up early this morning Gosh, Jesus, come on. No, his mercies are new every morning. He's just created a a brand new day. Have you ever seen clouds the same way twice for a second? Never. He does all things well. Get to know him. Get to know him. And the best time to really do that is just you all alone before it gets noisy and compressed and cluttered. You'll be so glad. You'll be so glad. Did you get anything at all out of this tonight?